Olivia here. We're just wanting to let you know that between 53 minutes and 1 hour and 3 minutes we will be talking about eating disorders. So if you want to skip this part, we do understand. There will also be a trigger warning just before. But now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome back to What in the Patriarchy with me, Fabia Wood and... Amelia Slater. Hello. I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) (laughs) In my eye just like, hello, like stop. I'm going to just say Amelia Slater. I'll just say Amelia Slater and just leave it at that and stop being weird. Don't say hello. It's fun. (laughs) This is episode two of a podcast series that runs alongside the Imaginist newsletter. The link is in our bio to subscribe to the weekly issue as well as all of our Instagram handles. Today we are talking about self-doubt and validation. Content in mind just to talk about our experiences um, of self-esteem issues really and self-doubt and how we all I think we all struggle sometimes to really back ourselves with like our own views and like the things that we do in life and we always want I think we expect like other people um will always have the answers and because we don't have a lot of faith in our own decision making skills so yeah we just want to explore that and really kind of get to grips with why it is that we question ourselves that's it. I think it's interesting as well, and it goes alongside the the whole comparison with what other people have and what other people are doing. So it's not always, even though it's a large case of looking to other people to almost solve your problems for you, mm. but also comparing your life to other people's, thinking that everyone else has it figured out and, mm. and you don't, but normally that's not quite the case. Yeah, and social media obviously plays a big part in that as well because, you know, we're always... <laughs> I think we live in such a, you know, the digital age where everybody's online and we're always scrolling through Instagram and and obviously everything that people post online is of them, you know, living their best lives and that and that's yeah. great to see, but of course, like you know, we don't see a lot of the time like the struggles that that people are going through and and the things that aren't so like picture perfect. That's um, true. There should almost be a disclaimer on Instagram to be like, this is the highlights. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's easy to forget that other people have stuff going on that you don't see on Instagram, and that's where the comparison game comes in because you think that is their whole life, what they're posting, but actually it's really just one section of their life. Yeah, I do think it's it's good though that um, in recent times I've started to see a lot of trends of people posting like the reality you know behind Mm -hmm. Instagram pictures you know like of people like oh this is you know how if you pose in a certain way um you can make a picture look completely different and like you know people have started to really like expose that which I think I think it's good because I think Instagram's becoming a lot more sort of self-aware in that way you know of like oh you know people are using it now to really spread positive information and and really like get to grips with like some of the myths that we think you know when we see see things on Instagram pictures and definitely I think it's really becoming a lot more accessible to everyone in that way it's so nice to see it's definitely more quote-unquote user-friendly now and it there's a lot more that goes into the thought of how does this affect our mental health Mm. you know from what we see and I think the Instagram versus reality that you said, I think that's really good because it does show that, especially I've seen some where it's like bikini photos. So 
someone standing in the taking a picture in the mirror and they stand one way where their legs mm-hmm. in a certain position and they're yeah. tensing and they look really ripped and then they are in the same it's the same day they're just in a normal standing position and they yeah. look totally different and I think that's really good because it does show that you know even their own body doesn't always look how some of their pictures look yeah so th- we shouldn't really compare yeah it's um I think it's so good to really show that you know imperfect side even though I, I wouldn't even say it's imperfect it's just human it's normal it's just isn't you. it that's just what yeah. yeah I think that it's just like Instagram and a lot of social media there are these expectations that you know of perfection that's this unlike attainable sort of goals of all oh, this this woman looks like this I want to look like that and so much of like what we yeah. see it's it's so constructed and and it's not an accurate reflection um but we base so much of our self-worth on that and it is it's crazy that that's as a society where we've gone really because of the especially the heavy amount of editing and filters and I was on Snapchat the other day with uh, with my nieces who were 11 and 6 and I was thinking they were playing with the filters on my Snapchat which is obviously fine but it got me thinking that they they enjoyed the silly ones obviously more than the ones that are there to make you look mm-hmm. like a better version of yourself and I'm sure when Snapchat first introduced the filters there were so many more silly ones let's say Mm-hmm. Whereas now there's only a handful and then all the other ones are there to modify your face in a way that makes you look more Instagrammable. Yeah. And that was it, odd to me. It's really strange actually with that. Cause I've read quite a few articles sort of about that issue of, you know, these filters like on Snapchat, especially like for like 13 year olds. Cause obviously the age mm. of people online is younger and younger. Like, cause it, it's, you yeah. know, like Gen Z, you know, they're like, you know, the this is the generation where everything is Snapchat, TikTok, like online on platforms. And yeah, just... like they're 11 and they have Snapchat and TikTok. And it does make me think if you're introduced to it at this age that you look better with a, with a filter on, how's that going to manifest? In one sense, we've got Instagram being more self-aware and showing, you know, reality versus expectation and all this. But then on the other hand, you've got Snapchat, which is almost doing the opposite. And I remember, I don't know if I heard it in a podcast or if I read it in an article, but I remember seeing something that said that Gen Z are signing up to Instagram far less than what our generation was. And that actually TikTok is the main social media now and how Instagram is losing its you know, following as people get older. But so if the young, the younger generation aren't going on Instagram, seeing this whole expectation versus reality Mm -hmm. side of Instagram, and they're only on TikTok, then are they even going to see that part of the movement? I know TikTok does have a side to it, which is silly and realistic and everything as well. But there's also a lot of clout on it and a lot of putting up your best life. And especially all the famous ones that my nieces have mentioned is you know they're all doing the tiktok dances and this makeup yeah. and it's all yeah. which is all great fun but it is interesting are the people that maybe need to grow up with the awareness that instagram is now having mm-hmm. are they missing it because that that's not a platform for them anymore 
Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's like, are we moving? It's like we're suddenly making some breakthroughs and are we now moving away from that and just ending up in the same problem again? Unrealistic sort of expectations that we constantly strive for um, Mm. online. And, And I do think that there's so much of life is just online now, you know, everything. It's like, we've got to share this. And, and, you know, I think we're all guilty of it at times. Like I, I think we've all gone through phases where, you know, we've, we've shared so much and we yeah. feel like we have to share this like all the time. And, and it's almost like maybe on a subconscious level, it is like that need, you know, for validation. It's like, I want people to see like that I'm doing well, or I want yeah. people to see that I'm happy or, you know, I don't, I'm not really sure like what it is in as I don't think we do that consciously I don't think we're there like thinking oh I want like I'm yeah, going I to post this like. yeah a lot of the time I think it is just like this need for what we are we, we, we're beings that want to connect aren't we and I think mm. this these platforms provide an outlet for that in in a way that you know you can connect with so many people like and have so you know if you're an influencer if you have a big following um, you have all these people that are, you know, engaging with your posts and, and speaking to you on a daily basis and uplifting you. But then also there's the, the other side of that, you know, the other the side of the coin side. where it's like, you know, there are all these people that are also being really cruel and just really horrible and trying to drag people down. Like it's like, you know, especially if you're a public figure you know you can post like these pictures and then you'll have all these trolls like on there yeah. just like posting you know these anonymous profile pictures just like commenting like horrible things and you've got to deal with that so it's like yeah. it's it's really I think that's being talked about a lot though as well like I think everything that happens on Instagram and, and on Facebook in a way that for a long time I think it was just like that's just the way it is like you know yeah. we, we're aware of it but we didn't really have a movement against it I think now people are starting to actually really use these platforms to spread these messages of of awareness because everybody's online you know one of the best way ways to really reach out to people and to get people to listen to something is to put it in a in a digestible format that they can see just as they're scrolling Mm. and and it sinks in it's true the whole the troll thing really baffles me because I just think it's such a bizarre behavior to perform like going to the extent of creating an anonymous profile where people that know you in real life won't know that it belongs to you and then sifting through people just to spread hate like it just feels odd Mm, to me because I I think in real life okay there's obviously a, a percentage of people who would behave that way in person but majority of people wouldn't shout out in the street at people some things that they would comment on their photos so oh yeah why would you bother and it seems like a lot of effort having to create a whole new account and it's just odd to me what a weird Mm. I guess side effect of social media that has been created it's this anonymity isn't it like I think it makes people feel invincible you know Mm. if they're if it's you know just a faceless profile they can't be tracked well they they feel like they can't be tracked down there's no yeah. there's going to be no consequences of that and to be honest I, I don't think there's a, a lot of thought that goes into it from I mean I will never understand the mindset of why anyone would want to drag somebody down like in person or online like I don't understand yeah. that but obviously I think sometimes it, it will come from a place of want 
to I well I don't think that anybody who tries to drag somebody down or make someone feel good no one who does that feels good about themselves because I just well either that or though interestingly I did read this um article like the other day about how you know we always kind of lump in sort of bullies and narcissists and you know people that have like criminals in general with people with low self-esteem like we always say that these people have low self-esteem and actually that can be quite discrediting to people who really suffer with low self-esteem but are you know don't behave that way yeah yeah. and and actually they they have um had some results that come out and say that actually people who do bully and they do try and and insult other people and make other people feel bad actually have really like exaggerated like almost like a delusional self-esteem really yeah which Um, makes more sense because they're in a position where they feel above in order to bully someone else you would think you're better than yeah and which suggests it's a higher self-esteem not a lower yeah and and I think that actually because I'd never really you're always taught your whole life aren't you that oh the bullies like they they just you know they just want to make you feel bad because they feel bad and maybe Mm. that is the case sometimes like I mean yeah trying to get into the psyche of every single person that bullies I mean you know (laughs) there's not enough time in the world (laughs) exactly um but I do think it makes you think like to yourself any sort of experiences I've ever had of people making comments at me like especially at school you know in the school environment when you're all mm. kind of young and I think actually that plays a big part in our self-doubt later in life our Absolutely. experiences at school our experiences I always would say oh I've I was never bullied like as in I I guess I kind of invalidate any sort of experiences I have because unless I was extremely bullied I yeah. feel I don't have a place to say it but actually you know There's I think spectrum and yeah I definitely had my fair share of comments that made me feel I remember at the time you know I can still remember the sinking feeling of of Mm. having somebody you know say something like that and to be honest I I I do you just kind of accept that that's the way it is and and you know it is is really really. and I I think you're right school is a breeding ground for judgment unwelcome judgment from other people and there's not really anything you could do about it and some people get bullied to an extent which is horrific but I do also believe everybody will have an experience of another person in school making a judgment of them it's odd and it's a very crucial part in your development so like you say it will affect your self-esteem later because it's that during school the years where you're sort of figuring out who you are and, and university as well I guess but that's a very important time when you decide who and what you want to be so when other people are putting in their opinions about you it will obviously shape that or it will manifest in another way later yeah yeah I mean you're at such an impressionable age where this is where you're beginning to form your identity of yourself and and what you know who you are and it's that's really sort of filled with negative comments um, I think you do really sort of internalize a lot of that and maybe yeah. even to a, la- a later date you know I because when I went to uni I felt that suddenly you know I had such a great experience I met so many lovely people and I felt like oh my my self-esteem just rocketed after that and that's mm. what I had in my head Sim- but then I thought to myself actually I don't think it's just a simple fix as that as oh you just go somewhere and people are nice to you and therefore Mm. you know you feel better about yourself because I just think it shouldn't come from other people's 
validation like I had you know a thing where I just listened I just base everything that I thought of myself on what other people said like other people's opinions like I just I put so much value into other people's opinions I was like that they've they've just said this therefore that has to be be true true. yeah Mm. I don't think about it from the from the point of view of like oh well maybe they said this because actually they just wanted to be mean because actually that would give them status in class or that would make them or who knows why they whatever did it, but, the reason but mm. why do I then make it like oh this is something to wrong with me or yeah. like this is oh therefore they've said that I'm they've said I'm pretty so therefore I'm pretty or they've said that I'm ugly therefore I'm ugly and it's just like these you know we just have these like take so much from what people say and we put that in ourselves like Oh, it's right. True. Somebody else said this. Somebody labeled me as this. So therefore that must be who I am. Yeah. Which is odd when you, when you say it like that, it's odd, but it's so true. And I think everybody has fallen victim to that before because that's so, almost the way our society is, but it is, it's bizarre. What a weird way to walk through life. You know, you just will believe what other people tell you you are. And it almost seems laughable yeah but it happens so often to all of us yeah and I think it's even more so for negative comments than positive ones because the amount of nice I you know I could I've known so many lovely people in my life that have said such lovely things that Mm. you would think that would just have diminished any sort of like feelings of of unworthiness in me but like it doesn't because I think you if you really focus and hone in on negative comments so much like you you believe that and therefore any sort of positive comments they don't really affect you because you don't fully believe it you don't believe the nice things I've actually genuinely when people have said nice things at times have felt a little bit like oh uncomfortable yeah like uncomfortable and and it's so weird and yet if somebody said just the slightest bit of criticism I'm there like listening like so intently like Mm. and then internalize that so much I'll be thinking about that later and like you know days after like oh my god like I can't believe this that must be and and yet somebody can say something really lovely and it just washes over you and you're just like "Eh." yeah it's odd isn't it that it's that way around what a different world we'd live in if it was all the positive stuff people really listen to and the negative stuff that they just search under the carpet but I think you're right some you could have 10 people say a nice comment to you in a day and then one person say a negative one and all your walk away from the day remembering is that negative one yeah which is such a weird thing but it's just natural that's just the way the way we are but it makes you wonder why why is that the way where does that come from yeah I mean where god it's there's so much isn't it of like of of backgrounds as to why it is that we kind of have these negative sort of self-beliefs and why it is that we have so much self-doubt and we don't and we feel we need this external validation and you know I think there's a lot of it you know comes down to your past experiences because it's you know everything that you are now is you know the result of of everything that's come before your childhood what sort of you know life you've lived the people Mm. that you've met the interactions that you've had there's so many different factors and then there's also like you know things like to do with genetics as well experiences and environment but also they can be genetic it can just be you know just the way that your brain is wired but I do think we don't just come out into the world feeling 
negatively about ourselves like it doesn't benefit yeah. us in any way like what what benefit is there of putting ourselves down like we are the only person in this world that we can control and that we can do anything like for is is ourselves so surely as a survival sort of you know from yeah, a human tactic. it makes more sense to be like oh I'm great or I'm this because yeah. that would be better for our survival that confidence will give us a lot more than being insecure like I'd but yet it's does it just doesn't work that way I think it is odd I wonder how much of it comes down not to blame the patriarchy but here we go <laughs> there's but, always blame the patriarchy oh absolutely but I'm wondering how much of it you know is related to that but then also media and marketing and things I remember reading an article about um Gillette razors and how I think it was in the 50s they weren't making enough sales from men's razors so they it might be earlier than the 50s actually but whenever it was they weren't making enough sales from the male razors that they then invented a female razor and obviously put out all this advertisement about how body hair on women is unattractive and to go alongside these new razors and then the sales skyrocketed mm-hmm. and, and it's been that way yeah. ever since now there's an expectation that women will be hairless um but all that came from you know they needed more money for their business but that's bred a whole society generation mm-hmm. upon generation of women who now feel ashamed to have body hair oh my gosh I I remember reading that same thing actually I I, I was so angry by it um and I actually Mental. it's so funny actually because recently um I went through a phase where I just was like I'm not shaving my legs like I just I don't see the <laughs> point me. of shaving my legs <laughs> yeah I just I actually to be honest like I rarely do nowadays like and Honestly, I'm fine I'm happy saying that yeah exactly like why do and the thing is like I say that and like like there's a little voice in my head that's like oh people will think that's gross why are you, you saying that yeah, people are going to judge me. But you know what? No, I'm just going to say it. I didn't shave my legs for ages. And I don't care because I shouldn't have to do that. Exactly. And it's mad to me because part of me actually, because I hadn't shaved them for ages and I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I should just stop shaving them. Like what and what? Do you know what I mean? Like this yeah. is this is how I take a stand. And I that's how I, I feel. shouldn't have to. Yeah, I shouldn't have to. And And to be honest, like I really was just... I wasn't bothered for a long time. I just didn't. And, but then, you know, I started a new job recently and I just, the judgments like the day creep before, back in, don't so, they? Yeah. And suddenly I was just thinking, Oh, I just, I just couldn't do it. I had to, sh- I was like, Oh no, I'm just going to have to. Do it. And I felt really bad because I was like, I can't believe I just did that. I like, I caved to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was it's like, why? So, so what? It's such a weird thing. I'm the same. I haven't, I haven't shaved my legs for so long. And everyone that knows me obviously knows that that's part of who I am now. But I remember when I first made the decision to stop, because ultimately, what is the point? It serves no purpose. Yeah. All it does is dry my legs out and make them itch. And then I have to tend to my legs more with aftercare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I obviously first stopped and people would notice and the different reactions from other people. And it's it's so insane to me that firstly people even think that their opinion is welcome on mm-hmm. what I do but then it's also interesting to see how how they varied like some of my friends are like oh good for you that's so cool like yeah it's making a stand yeah. and then some of the people are like that's really unhygienic and disgusting and I'm like 
it's really you know, it's, I yeah. was actually going to ask then like because you were saying that you had so did when you said people sort of made comments about it like as in just people that you knew around you would just say hey I've noticed you haven't shaved your legs what yeah what? like it was, it's a topic of discussion um which is interesting in itself but yeah people would just obviously say the first thing that popped into their head which obviously people have a reaction to it because as a society we've been told women should shave their legs so when you see a woman that has then your brain automatically will react yeah but it's interesting that there's no filter between that and what comes out um Mm -hmm. I do think it's changed now because it's been so long people obviously are just like well she's obviously not going to shave her legs but yeah it's just funny to me but I also sometimes feel the same as you with starting your new job especially at work because I think the people that I work with, some of them I wouldn't choose to have in my life yeah. outside of a working environment. So it is just a colleague, you know, a friendly in-work yeah. relationship. And I know there's people that wouldn't get it mm-hmm. in the same way that I think and some of my friends think. So there have been cases where I've not worn a particular outfit for fear of getting my legs out, which is ridiculous. Um, but I did, still didn't shave my legs. I just didn't wear the outfit. In a sense, it's still just as bad, but no, it's weird, isn't it? I do know what you mean. I mean, I... Because <laughs> I actually was just going to shave, like, the bottom bits. Um, oh, I was yeah. Wearing, like, yeah, just, like, the bottom, <laughs> just what was on show. But I felt like... I honestly have so much respect for you, like, actually going out and doing it. Because I... When I didn't do it, I, I did it kind of... I went out, but it was, like, during sort of lockdown and I wasn't seeing anybody. And only my fat, like, because I was staying with my family at the time, only they sort of... I, and I really didn't care about that, you know, around them. I was yeah. completely comfortable. Um, but, you know, it is just that case of, like, I do, in my head, the idea, even though I shouldn't care and, and I should just be able to go out. If I wanted to go out wearing a skirt and bare legs and my legs were just hadn't been shaved, that should be absolutely fine. Like yeah. it's body hair. We all have it. You know, women it grows have there it. for a reason. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, it wouldn't grow there, there if it wasn't. Yeah. We're to. expected, you know, as women, this is just shaving legs is just one thing. It's an expectation of women. So many things that we do to shave, to make ourselves look, beautiful you know we've got to do our hair we've, we're expected to, to go all out on our yeah. beauty like like regimes like all the time like literally you know I was thinking I've said this a few times because it really infuriates me there are so many men that just get up roll out of bed you know maybe shower if if we're lucky <laughs> no <laughs> honestly and brush maybe give their hair a quick brush you know and literally shove on a shirt and go to work and that's fine as a woman you're spending hours yeah I've you know I've gone out before like you know I don't like yeah I've gone out you know just I've washed my face I've brushed my hair I'm I'm ready for the day but I'm not wearing makeup so therefore Mm. I haven't made an effort that is literally the way do you feel unwell yeah no I just haven't put makeup on (laughs) exactly how dare (laughs) you fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know I just I don't see you are expected to you're expected to have you know to have gone out and you're rewarded for that you are rewarded as Mm. a woman for shaving for doing this and I've had like conversations with people before about it um and to be honest a lot of women I know now are on the same page of why we we don't have to we shouldn't have to shave our legs but it's not even it's even though you know it you still still do it there's just this part of me that was just like oh 
the, the it's just re- so ingrained the feeling self-conscious thing I was just suddenly like it, you know because I over the years you know if I was wearing shorts or something I'd be so self-conscious about my thighs like oh have I made sure yeah. there's not a single hair that's on there that people can see and it's just so stupid it's like it's ridiculous isn't men, it you know we, it's expected on men to just be you know as hairy as they want really nobody can honestly nobody there's no restriction for a man yeah when it comes to hair but the amount of self I could honestly I, I remember just all my life I'm sure any woman knows this feeling of that self being so self-conscious because they see this patch that they missed Mm. when they hadn't when they were shaving and it's like oh my god everyone's gonna see that one patch of hair on my leg and they'll know that I have leg hair and oh my god they can't (laughs) possibly know that I grow body hair (laughs) it's so true and also what baffles me but I've also been part of part of the problem but who decided that leg hair on a woman is unattractive and then you're sat next to a man with leg hair and it's there's an indifference to it okay it's not attractive but it's also not unattractive it's just there yeah and even like I had the same opinions myself that when I was younger you know if I grow leg hair it's very unattractive it's hair who who cares and who decides that my hair follicle is unattractive but your hair follicles are fine yeah it's all hair it's it's so ridiculous to me and I know there's a lot of girls out there that still obviously a full victim to that mm-hmm. you know must shave it and, and also there's people who probably know they don't have to but prefer it which is also fine mm-hmm. but I do think there is a large chunk of girls who would let it grow if it was more acceptable mm-hmm. but just feel they can't because of this wider judgment yeah I think I'm I'm in two minds about it because you know if I I do kind of like the feel of a smooth leg Hmm. you know um and I am just so used to having done that that I can't imagine you know getting ready to go out you know and if I was doing like you know going on a night out for example I'd done I was tanning and you know yeah. god knows like you know um the whole routine yeah if I was wearing a dress or something I would have you know wanted my legs shaved and I would have tanned my legs and like done all of that stuff and you know I do I I always advocate like I absolutely do think you know if if you love wearing, I never want to say, oh, you, you shouldn't wear makeup because I, I don't think that that's right. I think if you like wearing makeup, you enjoy wearing makeup, mm. you want to you want to, to get dressed up and you want to do that, do that. I yeah. just, the only time I say don't is if you just think you have to do it. You know, if you think, yeah. I don't actually want to get dressed up. I don't want to wear this makeup. I just feel I have to because people will judge me. That's when you shouldn't do it. Like, you and know, how many you... of us do these yeah. things thinking we want to? Yeah. But is that only because we've grown up being told we should? So now we think it's a want. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we're unaware yeah. of what we actually want and what we think we want because it's ex- also expected of us. I remember. But I agree. People I... should do. What, I remember you know. the first time I ever shaved my legs you know like I remember that experience and my mom like kind of telling me how to like I think everybody's kind of most girls were like yeah their mom like showed them how to do it like in the bath or something mm. and they're just like I remember I was so young because my older sister did it and then I was like well no I want to do it and mm-hmm. I, she showed me but I was still in like primary school yeah I was like I want to do it now she's doing it and I was two years probably two years too young yeah <laughs> So it's interesting, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, it is this pass on information that you get taught by another 
woman above you <laughs> I know exactly it is it's like past but it I well I remember actually when I first wanted to shave my legs like I think my mom and dad were like no no I spent my dad was always quite like like as soon as I wanted to start wearing makeup and I started wanting to shave my dad was like no no because I think it was almost like oh that means that she's not a child Probably anymore not. you know she's growing up now she wants to do all that stuff and it is just mad though that it is true that why is that thing of oh well you've reached a certain age now so therefore it's time to start shaving and it's time to start doing this mm. and it's time to start wearing this sort of bra and doing like this sort of and it's like true. I enjoy the process of doing makeup like I like I enjoy it for yeah, me it's a bit like an too. art form I like fashion I like makeup I like getting dressed up doing my hair like for me like I don't know if maybe it's part of it. it's a creative thing like that's why I enjoy it but you know I like doing it so I will yeah. do it and you but feel good when you do yeah. it so I exactly and, I feel know, I like how I feel yeah and um it's just one of those where I just don't know at this point how much like you were saying I don't know how much of it is because this is kind of what I've been expected to do and therefore I've this love has grown within something that was I'm expected to do in order to be rewarded because I think you are you are like rewarded by society for being you know for doing these things as a woman mm. like and, like we said earlier if you if you go into work one day and you've done all your hair and your makeup and you've got a nice outfit on you're rewarded by you know the reaction you get yeah someone will say you look nice or your hair's nice whatever and then if you went in the very next day with your hair in a bun and no makeup on and a less attractive outfit, mm -hmm. people would question you and be like, are you feeling okay? Or, you know, yeah. there's, there's a reaction to that as well. And I think that's the problem. Like you said, you should be able to just go into, go out into society looking how you look. Mm -hmm. It's not as welcoming for a woman. And I wonder if that plays a part in it. Like I remember having a discussion with my friend the one I was living with before I moved back here and we were saying how before lockdown obviously for most people it was just a routine you wore makeup every day you were out in the office or you were out at the weekend and you wore makeup every day and when you took your makeup off you're a bit like oh that's my face you know <laughs> didn't really like it but then during lockdown where what we did was we wore less makeup got used to our own face our own reflection and then when we did put on makeup you're like oh but it wasn't so you know disgusting when you take it off not to say our faces are disgusting but there was disgust at our own reflections before yeah. but now it's sort of changed I, I wonder if it will go back now that everyone's going out again and we're all putting more makeup on again but I'd like to think maybe not so much because we've had all this time to sit and get comfortable with our bare selves yeah I've become a lot better um at, well over the to be honest over the past few years like I've just got really comfortable with not wearing makeup like a lot of the time like I'd there was a point where I just wouldn't wear it you know like at work mm. or anything I just would I'd like you know have washed my face put like moisturizer on for the day or sun cream or something but I wouldn't have done anything like you really I mean the most that I might have done is put a bit of concealer bit of mascara on um yeah. but you know sometimes actually just quite a lot of the time just went in without anything on and 
I actually didn't ever, I, I, in that regard, didn't feel self-conscious. And I go out a lot of the time without anything on and I feel perfectly comfortable with that. Um, regardless of, of gender, like what you identify as, you know, any, any expectations for any person, you yeah. know, that is, that is a problem. And it's like, this is part of the issue of self-doubt, the issue of wanting validation is because we feel like how often as a society it's like there's we've got to be like everybody else it's like we want to be like a herd anybody who is like outside or tries to be themselves and doesn't fit into something that's easily understandable by everybody else or this is what is the norm then you will get punished yeah and it's you know when is that going to change it's never going to change unless we start to change our expectations that's true hopefully it does change I'd like to think generation the newer generations are far more aware and just understanding I would say to differences but there are still obviously members of each generation that aren't but I do think as a whole it is moving in a progressive way so hopefully I'd like to think people will break out of the mold and in a hundred years time or however long it, it would be completely different to what it is now but yeah I do worry with social media perhaps not because in a way you know I don't know if you remember years ago there was the whole hipster I'm going to call it the hipster movement mm. where everyone was trying so hard to be different that they all ended up being the same again oh. and I wonder if mm. that would happen again with the likes of TikTok and you know yeah uh, people are breaking away from a mold that was created by the generation above but are you just making a new mold for the next generation below but it's interesting and I guess we'll see in time I do think um obviously you know if you compare it to the last 50 years we've come a very long way but it's just the fact that when people think that oh we've come so far there's none of this that exists anymore that's the problem because it still very much does there's still so many things that need to advance like we need to be better as a society in so many matters you know when it comes to racism when it comes to homophobia transphobia just in general any sort of issues that affect people and human rights you know I think we still have so many problems there yeah and and like we're saying you know with with everything like it's still a debate the leg shaving thing all of this is still very much in our in our mindsets of I want it's like you want to break away from it rewarded for doing certain things and punished for others it's almost like a child or training training a child a dog like like to do something it's like if you do this thing I'll give you a treat and if you don't then you'll have that's it you know you'll be told off and and that mentality it does work with people it really Mm. does because that's why we are in the in the situation that we are you know with so many so many people being unable to be free and it it just makes you think especially with the with the leg shaving thing because it's such a minuscule thing there's so much bigger things that people could put their energy into debating oh yeah or like not even debating but like put your energy somewhere that is useful rather than this ongoing debate of should a woman shave or not because ultimately on the grand scale of the universe that's nothing when Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about racism and homophobia and all of that that's far more important than your opinion on whether a woman should shave her legs or not yeah but that gets talked about far more 
so it's oh yeah ridiculous it is ridiculous there's just so much you know and and it's just as well like people having to constantly feel they need to explain themselves mm-hmm. you know I have to explain to you my whole sense of identity to you because you need to understand me like no I'm sorry yeah. like what I, you do not owe anybody an explanation of who you are like I you do not mm. have to justify your lived experience to anyone you know what I mean and it's like yeah people like well I don't get it I don't it's not get the same why as you me like, so why I don't understand it well you know what you don't have to understand it you just have to accept it and be a good human being and just be exactly like, you know what I mean it's really not hard it's really not hard to just to just be nice you know and to just not make people feel uncomfortable or mm. you know it just I mean having and this is the thing as well it's like being accepted is the bare minimum. Do you know what I mean? I know, like the, like the bar minimum. is on the floor. Yeah. If it's like, can you just keep your opinions to yourself? If they're yeah. negative opinions, keep them to yourself. Like, are we a nursery? Why? Why is this not just a pra- an everyday practice? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's not, and that's you know that's why there is so much self doubt in people because people are not taught to keep their negative opinions to themselves yeah exactly and it's like you feel you have a right it's like I would love you know to see if if a man who would say or make a comment to me about something to do with kind of my look or my you know the way I am would you say that to another man yeah you know what I mean like would you tell it like I saw this thing would you ask another man like to smile yeah oh I hate that I I saw something I think it was a tweet actually and it said you know the pro although everybody hates wearing the mask the the pros about wearing masks is a man hasn't asked me to smile in a year (laughs) (laughs) which just made me laugh but you're right and and the other way you know men are some men harshly judge other men for their appearances as well you know oh yeah you've got the jock versus you know the geek shall we say and then there's that whole issue Mm -hmm. just just generally let's all just keep our negative opinions to ourselves yeah doesn't matter who you are you know it's it's 2021 it's a fucking pandemic (laughs) just be nice it's not hard yeah I mean if you like if you feel that you need to tell somebody else like how they should behave how they should express themselves like like what does that say about you why do you why do you need yeah, that who like what is it to say especially yeah. who decided you're in charge why does it make you uncomfortable like with somebody else just not being the same as you why is that so uncomfortable mm. like i just don't get it there are so many issues with like you know, this sort of lad culture, like these expectations, kind of mates. Like I know that, like, I, I mean, there's like, you know, banter, but it can go too far, yeah. I think. It can go to the point where it's like, you're not even, you know, if you're just literally taking the mick out of your phone, you're not listening to anything they're saying. Like, when, how are they ever going to be able to trust you and tell you, talk about things that really affect them? That are, yeah, that's serious. You know, like mental health, like men, are, you know, have been taught, you know, they shouldn't be open about, Mm. Their, their mental health because it's it's expressed as being weak and that's so yeah. wrong this it's whole so toxic wrong. masculinity toxic yeah exactly it's just an outdated practice but like you say it's so ingrained in 
most men that that is how it is but also another thing that hopefully is changing with the generations because there is more awareness and understanding that eventually that will change but the fact that it even got to that point in the first place is yeah it's hard in this day and age to wrap your head around why but obviously I suppose it comes from I'm sure I read in it wasn't an article but a blog or something where it was how so two generations ago that all the men were sent to fight in the war so obviously they had all that trauma coming back those who did survive had all the PTSD and anxieties and depression and everything else that came with it and then they had brought up sons when they couldn't really understand why they were feeling the way they were because mental health wasn't really you know a noticeable thing back then that they suppressed it all and then they brought up their sons to suppress it all and they probably didn't show their sons the emotion they would have if they didn't have the PTSD from the war and it's just a domino effect of all the men raising other men with these stunted emotions oh my um, gosh and then here we are this is the collateral damage of, of it all oh that's so insane like I've never thought about mm. that oh it's wow. interesting because when you you can see how how it is yeah um, because you can't go to war and be overly emotional because yeah that's not war and then the aftermath and bringing up children with that mindset and it just goes yeah and it just becomes a norm like a way of being mm. that's it I think that's it you know with everything you know there's so many things that have been taught even just in the last few decades that that weren't there you know to begin with and and we just picked up on like I do remember seeing I think this was in the 60s so it was even like it was like you know this is not that's in our parents time yeah. like my mum was born in the 60s yeah like I, there was like a, a handbook written for women on how they should be as like a housewife how they can look after their husbands and how like the best ways to present themselves so that their husbands like uh, will you will you know appreciate them so oh make sure that you have, have put on some makeup before they come home I or, bet it was written by a man <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah but you know what the, oh. the thing is though what's so scary and what what it why um inequality is able to sort of just continue within that way is because it's not just men that are perpetuating these beliefs it's also yeah. women do you know what I mean there are yeah. so many women even now and especially about then who would teach other women to be That's a it. certain way in order to you know oh to be a good wife you need to do that, that was for years yeah. and years that was a standard practice of like mothers teaching their daughters how to how be a to good be a wife, wife. And, yeah. and you would go and you would do cooking classes and sewing classes and because you wouldn't need to know anything else because you're not going to be going and, and having a career you're going to be in the home you're going to be preparing yeah. dinner looking after the children and, and cleaning yeah cleaning those are the only things that you need to know like so do it well so there literally is a handbook on That's on a insane. for a woman on how to be a good housewife because that was just most women were in That's that role, role. Mm. and it were trapped in in unhappy marriages as a result because you know they just yeah. they didn't have they couldn't get divorced you know there's a obviously that could be we could go into a whole other podcast just on that but um yeah. I, it was just shocking to me because 
it was like I remember seeing the date and being shocked because it was I think it was the 60s and to me That's that doesn't that seem long. that long ago and the right. fact that a hand a handbook was written mm. a whole handbook was written for women like yeah, like that material is so dangerous you know what I mean something like that and, and it's, just... it's propaganda isn't it in a sense it's it is it's uh, it's uncomfortable very uncomfortable um, do you, with self doubt on the topic of self doubt, do you personally do you think most of your experiences of self doubt are from a physical aspect or more of like an achievement intellectual aspect? What mm-hmm. resonates with you more? I, it's so hard to pinpoint exactly kind of where my self-doubt like sort of comes from I'd say now I have a real big thing of like it's all like internal like this disbelief or like I feel like my opinion won't be as valid as somebody else's so therefore that I'm terrible with my decision making like I am the worst I mean I do actually suffer with um like uh, anxiety and, and OCD so I do like have you know that that plays a part into my kind of the way that I think but but also yeah. in terms of like I do feel even now you know over the last few years I felt like I've I'd come a long way and I was really sort of uh, really proud of kind of where like what I'd achieved but I still know you know even to this day like I've, I've come a long way but I'm still ever so slight in some ways like oh, this other person must be right and I must be wrong, you know? Right, like, yeah. Um, It's like that thing of I would be so quick to listen to somebody else, like, oh, they they have the answer. Like, there's no way I have the answer. I think that for me, it, it does come down to everything I've achieved. Oh, I got lucky. Oh, it was, I'm just, I feel so lucky. My I'm so, so lucky. I always say that. And I do feel lucky. And I do think there are things that have happened that I'm like, I'm really grateful for that happening. And maybe there is, but but I completely discredited anything I'd done yeah, to make it to achieve that. Work. It's like I didn't just sit on my ass and just wait for this to happen. Like I actually did work hard to get the things that in my life. And I actually, yeah. you know, to develop as a person, I had to do some serious like self-reflection, some serious like hard like inner work. It's not just, oh, this happened and now I've completely changed. Like you have to also be willing to to put yourself out there and to go out after the things. And I think for me now, the self-doubt is, I mean, I, maybe it will always be there, but um, I do think it it's lessened when I start to really sort of, instead of just immediately being like, that person knows everything I, or yeah. like, I, or I got lucky, that's the only reason I got this. I think as soon as I start to like really think and, and, and start to be actually, I'm proud that I achieved that. I'm proud of myself what I did and that really helped just say to yourself you know what no actually that wasn't look I I worked really hard and I did something good there and I like Mm -hmm. that I did that I'm happy I'm proud of myself for that thing like why don't we ever just say I'm proud of myself yeah it should be it should be a phrase that's used more in a just a whole mindset you know praising yourself and you know giving yourself credit that should be more welcomed but what about your experiences of self-doubt? Do you feel that everything kind of, you know, any sort of insecurities that you feel, um, are they more to do with kind of the person that you are, like your like intellectual 
kind of that element or your achievements based like where does like your sort of insecurity in that regard and your need for validation come out mainly I would say physical um because I don't really spend much time thinking about my achievements or comparing my achievements to other people's achievements um whether that was the case when I was younger I can't really remember probably at some age like exams and things but not really I don't tend to judge myself my self-worth by what I've achieved I just think I've achieved what I've achieved and I think I've done well considering the life that I've had to live but I would definitely say physical appearance I've harshed myself judgely no (laughs) that doesn't make sense I've harshed yourself judgely judge yourself harshly Um, I got what you meant. I probably, I missed that actually. I got what you meant from that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so judged myself harshly. I'm just going to just put a trigger warning in here that we're talking about uh, eating disorders. So if you want to fast forward to the next bit, um, please do that. For as long as I can remember um, and comparing myself to other people, all physically and you know everything we said about social media that was really bad for me and I had an eating disorder when I was younger and I think that social media made it worse and being at school made it worse and being at uni like everything could trigger it which was weird so I do think all my insecurities would be about how I physically look which is upsetting in a way because I'm also like if you don't want to shave your legs don't shave your legs so I'm on a yeah I do have this mindset where I'm like you are just who you are and you do what you want but always in the back of my mind I guess there is this narrative that you should look different you should look better and things like that but I think as I've got older and I've gone through recovery with the eating disorder it has changed but there is still such a pressure from myself and from society that you know a particular body type is a better one and a particular size and all things like that so as weird it is to say I would say physical appearance would be mine I it's it's actually crazy to me to hear um sort of like your experiences kind of you know in terms of like the eating disorder because Mm. I think that that again I think this could be a complete you know podcast on its on its own but um this is something I wanted to talk about as well like in more depth because I think that um a, a lot of people suffer with eating disorders and and everyone assumes that that's always to do with body image and to do with wanting to look a certain way and it's extremely complicated and, and unique yeah. to the individual and for me I also suffered with an eating disorder when I was very young but it was younger than most people do um you know like oh. a lot of people have eating disorders when they're in their teenage maybe early teens and um you know everyone sort of assumes oh it's because of this but you I mean you can never ever try and assume what what someone's going through and for me I suffered with an eating disorder for a few years like on and off like when I was actually a child like you know probably from maybe about the age of six to about the age of 14 I think it kind of stopped for me that's so young Mm. but for me it was actually not to do with um my 
body image because I was so young you know when you're that young you don't even really think about that for me no it was um more to do with my um it was like an anxiety thing almost it was like uh I don't know why why it happened but it was just this sort of inability to like it was like a fear of of eating like an and fear of like meal times and I think it developed into a bigger thing because of oh. other people like other people like reactions. your parents you know other people's reactions like I feel like they would get really worried they would be really angry about it, like thinking that I wasn't you know because I think there's a lot of you know ignorance about it as well mm. and you think when you're that young a kid's just playing up they just don't want to eat you know because it's but I think it became obvious like after a while like this wasn't just me being like a picky yeah. eater um and you know for a long time like I never you know never spoke about that um yeah, for ages like to anyone and like it was because of a fear of like oh it would it was literally like it was like in a, it was like I guess the beginning of like a big sort of my battle with anxiety and OCD over the years it was it was part it was to do with that it. it was a form yeah. of control I guess in that way of yeah part, that's and, what I was told yeah as well like mine sorry to interrupt no I just no so agree that mine was the same I remember I was seeing a like a child psychiatrist at the time and although the body image was the not the result of it but a massive factor it my eating disorder always got worse if I lost control of something in my life so if I'd gone through a breakup or if there was problems at home or things like that so when control was slipping elsewhere the eating disorder would get worse so similarly to yours it's not just linked to one thing it's a massive complex so it, there are a lot of kind of you know assumptions people make I think in life in general we often sort of when we want to understand things we put it into a box and we're like that's what that is and there's the label for it and I think with something like mental health with with self-esteem with unique experiences they aren't just like easily understood by this is this one type fits all thing like it everybody experiences different everybody's had a different life everyone's a completely different person not everybody is gonna you know there are things that might be experienced like certain traits that might be similar to what other people have experienced but it's not necessarily like the exact same I I do remember being a kid and thinking oh I'm really weird like this is really weird I, I, I remember being a child and thinking like really really young and just sitting there and being like watching like cartoons and it sounds it's really sad actually saying this because I do remember the thought popping in my head and just thinking I wish I was like in a cartoon or I wouldn't be like in this like I wouldn't be living in this like world where I have to like and that's how how bad it was you know in my little mind and I was only like a kid and I couldn't talk to anybody about it because it nobody really knew what it was and it was just one of those things and I think I never you know now as an adult I don't really think about how that could have affected me, but it must have, you know, like just shows that when you have something like that happen and you feel negatively about yourself in some way that either that's come from inside you or from somebody else, you know, um, we really internalize everything to a point where it could be an even on a subconscious level of how it affects us later in life, you know, yeah, with anything. And, and I think, 
you know, me and Faber, we're being open about sort of our, our experiences here, but I, we hope that you feel that you can also speak to people close to you or to reach out to us as well if you have any sort of questions or anything that you'd like to talk about. Obviously, everything we discuss here is confidential if you wanted to contact us and um, we, you know, we want to touch on these sort of conversations that people tend to feel they can't talk about yeah and if if you can't talk about it that's also okay it took me a very long time to to talk about it I didn't you know the thing is with this particular topic mostly it happens in secret and it you know sometimes you get found out and then you have to have the conversation but it's okay to not talk about it there's still people that I haven't told there's still family members that don't know so those people who needed to know know but not it's not a well-spoken about thing in my life and that's okay too if that is what it is in your life but we are here if you do need to speak to someone perhaps somebody that you don't know maybe easier that's good and I think that this as well because me you know Faber and I we have had experiences like this and we've you know we've come out the other side I hope that that sort of shows that you know if you are sort of going through anything at the moment and you feel like you're on your own and like it's never going to end like it, it there is always there are always support networks out there and there's always help yeah. and there's always it will always be better like you will always get up the next day and it will always be a better day so please um don't feel that this you know is something that you have to deal with and that it will never go away because there is there is so many you know so much help out there and even if you are like maybe if, if you are struggling at the moment and you don't feel that you can um speak about it or you don't want to speak about it that's absolutely fine do everything at your pace your and pace. your own yeah. comfort but just know that you are on your own and there is support there if and whenever you want it yeah and I just want to say also like you said we are an example that it does you do come out the other side and it can get better and there are definitely years of my life where I was stuck in the cycle and I honestly didn't think there would ever be a time where I would stop performing particular behaviors and I couldn't get through you know days without doing it and then just with the right work and the, the right help you can and you know I'm I can say that with my hand on my heart because I've done it myself you definitely can get better and it is possible even when it doesn't feel like it it is so entirely unique and it really is so you know fragile like I don't think we realize like we don't I think sometimes we aren't very kind to ourselves. We we put ourselves down a lot and we don't realize how that really affects us. Like in a way that, you know, someone else can say something really horrible, but I think you're, you internalize your own negative sort of in, in a critic more than anybody else, yeah, you know? I think, because if somebody else says something horrible to you and you shake it off, it doesn't even touch you and you're like, oh, well, if you have enough sort of faith in yourself to know that that's not true and that you are great and that you are amazing when somebody else says something negative it won't affect you because you'll you won't believe it whereas I think when you have already got these beliefs that have come from somewhere even though they're not true that you don't deserve this that you aren't good that you 
then when someone criticizes you it's like oh yeah well that just reaffirms the belief that I already have you know and sometimes the worst things that you hear about yourself have come from your own mind and not actually from elsewhere and in in a in a way that's obviously terrible but also in a way that's good because you can reprogram your own mind you can't reprogram somebody else's so like you said if you start putting in the the self-help and the work to change the narrative of your own mind and the way you speak to yourself then you will be in a place where if somebody else says something negative about you you will be able to be like actually that's that's your opinion of me and that's fine but that's not the truth that's not how I feel about myself and you can get to that point because I've gone through it and it sounds like you've gone through it and mm-hmm. you can change the narrative and change your perspective yeah and I think you know I did um some research into self-esteem and um you know the the various different kind of experiences that that people have had and that that has led to sort of results that have come out about ways to overcome it and um one thing that actually I found is that you know, when you actually have a healthy level of self-esteem, um, you actually find it easier to stop obsessing kind of over yourself and your shortfalls. Like, cause I think we do a lot of the time worry so much about, oh my God, like I said this thing, they must think I'm this, or I, what about this thing that I did? And, and you are constantly like me, 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 like not in a narcissistic way, but just in a, I'm so worried about what I did or I'm so I'm so this I'm it's always I'm this I'm that you know yeah and when you start to build that self-love you stop thinking so much about like you know your side of it and you start to focus more on the outside world you start to focus on other people start to focus on and and then you stop being so inside your own head because it can be so easy to just miss out on so many things when you're just spending all your time in your own head. You're not even mm. there. You know, when you're not, you could be sat there in a room of people, be physically present, but you're not mentally you're because not there. you're not listening to what's going on because you're too busy, like worrying. Obsessing. And obsessing. And a lot of it is just your own inner critic that is no, it's not based in any sort of truth. It's just your own mind trying to trying to play games with you. And it's not even fact. Like, I mean, there've been so many times where I've like had this thought pop into my head and I've had to seek this reassurance from other people. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, like I've never, or I've never thought this or that doesn't mm. mean this. And I have to like, and it's like, they've completely told me, oh, that's not true. But, you know, sometimes that can help temporarily. But I think if you really list, keep listening to that voice and you believe that voice first, it doesn't matter how many people say this and that, you will always believe your voice first. Yeah. So it's you need trying to have the to... reassurance to yourself. Yeah, you need to provide the reassurance to yourself first and foremost. Um, and even if that means just focusing on something else or just doing taking a break and just doing a different activity or something that takes your mind away from this kind of obsessive thought sometimes I think what can happen is if you're obsessing over one thing you then fall down a pit and you're picking out everything so then if if you distract yourself from the first thought then it doesn't fall into this massive chain of events so I do think that's good I think we have like you know an imposter syndrome 
a lot don't we where Mm. we believe that you know everything that happens to us is is not anything to do with us or like it's happened and we didn't deserve it you know we didn't do anything like and you know it's only a matter of time before everybody else around me figures out like I'm not this person or I don't know what I'm doing or it's this and this and and actually like I you know I can feel like that all the time like I've got this everything I achieve I'm like wait actually did I just I don't know if I deserve that like what what if I I don't know if I can do this like can I even do this like and then I do it you know yeah and And it goes on the list of all your other achievements exactly I think you've got to really give yourself credit before anybody else does like before anybody else says well done for doing this like tell yourself that because you're here the fact is you you're you know you're if you're listening still listening to us thank you um (laughs) and you know the fact is that you got up today you went out and you achieved this and that or even if you just got up today you know you achieved something and you you just woke up as that bitch exactly you know that's amazing (laughs) and jealous (laughs) (laughs) I think we all need to just pat ourselves on the back more and acknowledge that you know everybody is achieving something and you shouldn't compare what your achievements are against someone else's and if you didn't complete everything on your to-do list that week it doesn't matter because there's always another week yeah we can all be really you know hard on ourselves and we can put too much on ourselves like we think we should achieve this we should achieve that and you know sometimes just sitting back and just saying you know I did something I'm proud of that and like you know like I'll get around to doing the other stuff you know like it it just you're not a robot and not you can't control I know that I have an issue of wanting to control things and you know trying to you know have this everything kind of go a certain way um everything has to be perfect and how I want it to be but that's not realistic yeah I I hold myself at an unrealistic standard and sometimes like my friend actually said to me um pointed this out to me I thought it was really useful um this idea of this conditional love I think sometimes we have for ourselves where it's like every now and again I thought oh I'd come such a long way because I was feeling so much better about myself but I think I was feeling good about myself because of like I was only proud of myself when I achieved something good Mm. rather than just actually being proud of myself just for being me and just being being yourself yeah you know and you've got to do that you know don't just think oh I did this thing or I achieved this so therefore I'm a good person no you're a good person anyway you know you don't need anybody else to tell you that yeah we need to start being proud of ourselves on the days we achieve nothing when it come when that like inner critic is doubting you and and you think like I can't do something look at what you have achieved and just remember who you are you know remember that you're exactly. amazing because you, know, you, you are you don't need to feel like you are only validated by what other people say you are validated mm. by yourself you are here and you are you know important so just remember that. That's it. Remember to be your own cheerleader. I think this is a good place to end. Thank you very much for listening to episode two and stay tuned for episode three and we'll hopefully see you in no time. Yeah, it was, we, um, we've got a lot more that we'd love to talk about. And as always, you know, just feel free to reach out to us um, at The Imaginist on Instagram. Um, we do release a weekly newsletter every week and um, 
I've said we release a weekly newsletter every week. I think I've already expressed that clearly to you. We release a newsletter. So please subscribe to that. Um, and yeah, if you have anything that you'd like to say or anything that you want us to discuss maybe in a future podcast, please feel free to write into us. Slide into the DMs. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. And we we love you. <laughs> we will see you again well we will, won't see you again but you'll be listening to us again soon hopefully <laughs> thank you and goodbye thank you bye